1: Plus. Oh. Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I am your host Yash Thakur, and today we are here to discuss Real Madrid's game against Deportivo Alaves in in the Liga F. And this was a midweek game, a pretty odd one. But since we have played the Super Cup uh, last weekend, I think that was one of the reasons this had to be put in in the midweek and. So to break down the game today with me, I have Kanita as always and before we get into looking at stuff from the game like lineups and the usual stuff where we break down everything that happened on the pitch, how are you doing Kanita?
2: Hey once again, <laughs> well we are, this podcast is going out a bit late and this time is uh, because of me because well... Uh, blame it on my university i'm in the middle of my exams so yeah this time the podcast is late because of me so yeah sorry about that and yeah what i mean we can just go on with the game i'm feeling pretty confused about the game so yeah let's just discuss it
1: yeah all right so let's get into the game so let's begin by looking at the lineup so first of all like when, when the when the lineups came out it it was a back three like it 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 was pretty clear that we were going for a back three unless like uh Toril wanted to throw in ivana at right back once again which didn't seem like the best choice so the initial impression when when the team sheet came out it was that yeah we were we were going with a back three uh, a three five two i'll quickly go through the lineup it was sign goal Ivana, Susa, and Rocio as the three centre-backs. Then we had a line of four with Atenea, Maite, Tere and Olga. Then Weir playing behind Esther and Naikari. Well, to be fair, like it was, mo- it was more of that Maite and Weir both had a sort of free role. And up front, like it was Esther and Naikari. So that uh, duo or that dynamic was something to look forward to. Apart from that, I don't think like there's anything else where we can like debate where any position is up for debate because the midfield three of Tere Maite where initially as soon as you saw you, the first thought is, okay, this is probably going to be a lot of control, a lot of line breaking passes, a lot of verticality and very, very sound in attacking possession, like uh, having the ball in the final third, we will have a lot of we'll see a lot, qual- lot more quality uh, in that aspect and in chance creation. But apart from that, like, I don't have any other thoughts. The only interesting thing to look forward to for me was how Esther and Aikari performed together, like what sort of dynamic that that turns out to be. But yeah, any, any thoughts that you have when you saw the team sheet? What were your initial impressions, Kanita?
2: Well, pretty much what you said, like standard thing, uh it was uh, also very expected to have a back free um in this game uh nothing weird and it was a it was a very very offensive lineup not just because we had a back free it's uh because well aside from uh, having two natural strikers and we had the Senna and Kari, we also had Might and Weir with them and uh that is very offensive so i was definitely looking forward to seeing how that goes and yeah, definitely the main subject when we saw the lineup uh, was the astana i and how they will work because they hadn't started since the well, since last season they hadn't started together. So this was a new thing this season. And yeah,
1: yeah. So like like I said as well, it wasn't there weren't many surprises in terms of like three five two. And the game itself was pretty straightforward. If I could say that, like there wasn't much. uh, There wasn't a lot of like complicated stuff or a very uh, nuanced tactical stuff going on on the pitch as well. The game began and we have discussed this a lot that the benefits that 352 has the way it helps us solve some of the uh, problems that we have in uh, chance creation from open play, it helps us occupy the opposition backline a lot better. It helps us uh, like have a lot of bodies up front in between the lines as well. We can have two midfielders, we can have one player to play the wall pass with in terms of a striker dropping in or maybe we're playing that role. So we have we have discussed this a lot of times the the benefits that come with playing a three, five, two. And as soon as the game began, we saw some uh, initial like impetus from Real Madrid to try and uh, break the lines. There were some very good wide triangular combination forming on the pitch that were that are like typical of uh, this formation. But in the in the fourth minute, like the game began in the fourth minute, uh, Alaves get a free kick and immediately like Misa is called into action, I guess that free kick The free kick was taken by Miriam, their their captain, and it was was aimed for the uh, heart of the box. It missed the header, but it called Misa into action because it was going to sneak in uh, if Misa wasn't involved there, and Misa was quick to react to it. She managed to put it away. But once again, we were seeing something that we have seen throughout the season, and even in seasons before, we were seeing that how set pieces and corner routines are the bane of our existence like we will when as we break down the game further we will note how they actually manage to hurt us using a corner as well but yeah i mean it's just it's again the regular stuff that keeps on happening where we are unable to defend uh bodies in term uh from set piece situation and from corner situation so yeah i mean there wasn't much but and then following that free kick I think what we saw what I noticed a lot was we were very aggressive with the positioning of our backline we had Ivana and we had Rocio push really high up and we tried to suffocate them in their own half and try to create multiple chances from it and in the 14th minute we finally managed to find find a breakthrough with Athena on the right, picking up the ball, twisting and turning, creating space for herself to put the ball in, she manages to get a lofted cross in in the box. And while it's not uh, really very accurate, Caroline Weir, being Caroline Weir, she brings it under control and puts it away into the uh, into the corner. And it's Real Madrid in the lead in the 14th minute, thanks to some good work on, down the right by Athena to generate the space. Initially to get the cross in and then by Caroline we're inside the box where she showed her calmness and uh, How collected she is to put the ball away uh, into the back of the net? so that was the first goal and I will let you Speak on this about what you thought of the opening 14 15 minutes. What were your impressions? How were we playing anything you noted from the sort of setup and what did you think about our? weaknesses from set pieces
2: uh well up until this goal it was uh actually very chaotic on both sides um <laughs> uh i mean from that it all started from that fourth minute uh free kick from Alaves, uh and th- like that was the first chance of the game and it was by Alaves. so um then in the same minute like um a few seconds later on the other side and a weird tries a chip some something and i don't know it's um the goalkeeper catches it i think it's counted as a shot on target then 2 minutes <laughs> later there's another scare on our side uh but it was uh misa against uh, now i didn't know who but it was against uh, an alaves player and Basically, she tried to trip it over Misa, but Misa uh, went out of the box and um, just uh, touched it with, you know, uh, just uh, bounce it off her head. And that could have ended badly uh, if it didn't also bounce off the Alavis's, um player's um, hand. So it was called handball, but uh, if it wasn't a the hand, then uh, she could have stolen that ball easily and went around Misa. So... Uh, that's another, <laughs> that's another scare. And then a minute later, there's a penalty shout on Esther. She fouls in the box. I don't know if it. I've replayed it a few times. It was I don't know. I, I don't think it's um, enough for a clear penalty or anything. I mean, I I can't I can't complain. I I don't even care. So there's an Olga long shot then in the tenth minute as well. She, it was um, it was from the side. It wasn't really much dangerous it was more of her testing the goalkeeper and (laughs) and there was also a corner we took in 11th minute and instead um, got a header attempt and it went just wide so there's that and then there's the goal (laughs) so indeed a lot of uh, interesting stuff happening in the first uh, 14 minutes and You know what? I'm not complaining. I'm definitely not complaining. Um, Both sides being very chaotic. uh, Us getting these little heart attacks uh, with Misa, which is normal (laughs) at this point. Uh, A typical Real Madrid game, if you ask me. Uh, And... Yeah, it's actually... (laughs) I mean, okay, I want... um, well, I don't know how much of a spoiler is it because uh you probably all know the goals uh, already, but uh this is uh this involvement of Atanea in this first goal, uh it actually well, runs through the whole game uh, like this with all the goals. So, uh good start to it and uh even though it wasn't um it didn't land directly off uh, to uh, Weir's feet it's actually um, their defender failed to, to control it I think and then Weir just <laughs> took it and <laughs> controlled it herself to shoot it and that was like you said are being Weir so yeah 1-0 uh, after 14 minutes of great fun
1: yeah so the, overarch- the overarching theme of Athena being involved in all three goals uh, is something that uh we will discuss as as we move on uh, forwards but after this point in the 18th minute we had we had a maite shot coming from a similar pattern of play from the right hand side where the ball is played uh towards the center of the box and uh, she maite is like i think she's charging from outside the box then Then something like really, really interesting happened and it brings us to, it leads us into a discussion that we have had before on this podcast, but I think it's worth reiterating. In the 21st minute, Teresa receives the ball uh, in the midfield. She nicely opens up her body trying to decoy uh, like trying to set up a decoy where it looks like she is going to play the ball out wide towards the flank but instead she plays a line breaking pass to Esther if I'm not wrong it's it's a great pass it it breaks two lines their midfield line and their defensive line and finds uh, manages to find Esther in a very good situation and this is what I like when I first saw the pass live it was like I was like my jaw dropped I was like wow this is this is really nice and this is what Teresa is able to add not just without the ball with her defensive abilities but also on the ball we see that clear quality from her where she is able to deceive players to throw in a decoy when she gets on the ball and to play these sort of line breaking passes with it these are valuable passes because this immediately puts your team in a very dangerous position into the box and into and around the box where like you have now bypassed the opposition's midfield and defensive lines with just one single pass and that's that's really really valuable i think so yeah i mean that that moment i think is worth uh highlighting because this is why we have been so adamant on Teresa being the starting like defensive midfielder or the one player that is really really suited for playing the defensive uh, uh, defensive pivot role because a she is physical she is good on the ball and she can add these sort of quality on the ball from open play and has a really wicked foot to take shots from range plus she has dead balls uh, dead ball deliveries and direct free kicks in her arsenal as well so it's it's a it's a player that can offer us a lot in terms of the way we want to play and in terms of the remaining profiles that we have in, in the squad so i think like teresa deserves a shout again she has been she has played uh well every time she has been put on the pitch i think so yeah i mean it's it's uh it, it was a really nice moment i feel and I'll I'll let you speak on that. What you th- what you thought of Teresa in that moment? Did you notice that moment? And what did you think? What What do you think of Teresa moving forwards and how we should probably be using her and and stuff like that?
2: Uh yeah, just to add on that <laughs> quickly, just add on that. Eighteenth uh, minute thing. It was a side pass by Esther to Mate. It was a pretty neat. Um, pretty neat pass so i remembered it very clearly and i wanted to add that it was by Esther. and yeah well about tere uh, so here's the thing um when when i see her um well on, on a position that's not uh, you know deep down uh when she makes these forward passes they're usually too quick for anyone to catch it like no matter who are you and like if it's Fela or Atanea, like those are our fastest two players and they still can't reach them, you know those balls and especially if it's to the striker, then they're even slower and that's even more impossible. So if Tere is, if Tere is uh, usually a bit higher up and she make a, makes a forward uh, forward pass, that's likely not gonna result in an assist. You know, because no one's going to get it. But, but, uh, I love, I love her, I love seeing her uh, in this role as the deepest midfielder. And I think, uh, I think most people <laughs> love seeing seeing her there. Uh, we've, we've also gotten used to it. And I think, I think to, these passes like that she makes are perfect. make from there like she found it so that that looked so clean and yeah of course i noticed that you said if you noticed that (laughs) yeah um it's actually interesting that you point uh pointed out how she uh, moved with her body and kind of tricked uh the opposing team and everything like, and just um did that pass unexpectedly and yeah well that that was a there was a pass that was you well know, caught. That was perfect, uh, and Esther was at the r- same time uh, on the ball as the goalkeeper was, who you know just got there in time. So very good ball, well, well, very well executed. And I think that Tere, in the as the deepest midfielder, is perfect to make these passes because she definitely can. And from what I saw before and her uh, ultra quick forward passes, I think this is the only position she can, um, you know, make an assist like this. So um, yeah, genius.
1: Yeah, and I think like the fact that you say the speed is often uh, mistimed, I think, uh, I don't think it's it, that is the case. To be honest, like the weight and the timing of her passes is usually very crisp. Plus, she has the range as well to uh, help us while playing the deeper position. She can then spread the ball out wide towards the flank in, in one sweeping pass. And that helps us switch play from one side to other side really quickly and then be able to attack the space that is vacant on the other side. I think that is really, really valuable in the way we like to attack, in the way that we can try to undo the opposition defense so uh yeah that is that and moving forward from that one very interesting thing happens in the 26th minute so always get a corner and corner always means trouble for real madrid like we i think we have established that uh we have pretty much established that now so in the 26th minute what is interesting here is uh the routine that alaves adopted which to me like it really stuck because it was it's not something you see every day so what alaves were doing is they crowded not the far post but the area between the far post and the uh six yard box that that is drawn uh that is drawn around the, uh, inside the penalty box. They had players camp there, like they had four players camp there. They had two players on the near post two or three. I, I'm not sure, but the key thing was they had four players camped in the space between the far post and the edge of the, uh, edge of the six yard box. So that, that seemed really interesting to me and the delivery was targeted towards the, uh, heart of the box. So these four players from, from the back post area, they create chaos and they try to attack the ball. And it's very difficult to like keep track of everyone in that, in that group. They managed to peel off and they managed to get a free player and stuff. And that was something like really interesting for me. The corner didn't, uh, result in a lot of trouble for us, but it was something that, uh, was very, very interesting for me because these sort of corner routines are not, uh, seen every day and, uh, set pieces and corners are a big part of a team's, uh, overall play because they can help you score goals out of nothing basically. So, so yeah, I mean that, that really stuck out to me. Uh, did you notice it and do you have anything else to add on that?
2: uh well to be honest i haven't really noticed that i um i didn't have it in my notes in the you know in the live watch or in the rewatch so i, I haven't noticed that interesting thing but um you, you know we also <laughs> had a had another, another scare a minute earlier like they they chipped uh, they chipped it over Misa and luckily even uh, Ivana got it there in our box. So, I mean, uh, in, th- in those few minutes, um, LFS was really uh, trying a lot. And um, it, it, I I really didn't know this, but I think this will, um, this what you mentioned will come in very handy when we talk about what happened later in the second half. So, yeah.
1: So, Yeah, I mean, beyond that, I think, like, the first half was pretty straightforward. Uh, The thing that last time, I think, uh, in in the previous season when we faced uh, Alave's, I remember, like, they were able to play through our, our press. They were able to bait us and they were able to use Miriam's calmness on the ball and her ability to show up in the right areas and help them progress. This time with the... With the formation that we used what happened was they were consistently f- forced to go long because our front two were on their uh, two center backs during goal kicks and where was marking miriam who is their deepest midfielder and then this left no option other than them trying to like play long and trying to win second balls or the first contact and that was always difficult because in the wide areas, we had one of our players and one of the midfielders would again then push up there to try to collect the uh, loose second ball. So it was difficult for them to try to build from from their goal kicks. And that is something that we did pretty well, I think, trying to force them long and uh, trying to win the second balls and or the first contact and trying to cramp them in, in the uh, uh, areas around the touchline. So that was, that was really nice. But apart from that, like the first half was like there didn't There wasn't much happening. It was a pretty straightforward game overall. Like we said, uh, there wasn't much uh, nuanced tactical stuff that was going on. So, that was always there. Then, towards the end of the first half, in the 44th minute, we score our second goal. It's Maite this time and as, as Kanita mentioned before, this comes off. A similar pattern of play again, it's Athena on the right, picks up the ball, tries to play a ball across like a sort of a cutback, it is just behind Esther there and Maite is making a run into the box there, Maite reaches it and blasts it into the back of the net. That's 2-0 Real Madrid just before half time. And having a two-goal cushion going into halftime is always good, and we had that. And it's again come from the same sort of pattern of play where Athena is doing bits on the right-hand side. She manages to put a ball across the goal, and then we have somebody latch onto it. This time it was a midfielder on rushing from the from the midfield position. So it it's really nice. Uh, to see that and this was an like, like I mentioned before as well at the start of the pod when we were discussing the first goal that this was an overarching theme throughout the game where Athenea was doing bits on the right and then the ball came across across uh, in the box and we had somebody meet it uh, in in the middle. So that was really nice. Uh, I'll, I'll hand it over to you but before that like let me just go through what else happened in, in the first half. So in the very next minute, we have Weir making a darting run into the box and taking a shot that resulted in a side netting. And apart from that, there wasn't anything else that happened in the first half. So now I'll hand it over to you and I'll take your thoughts on what did you make of the second goal? What did you think of anything that Maite did in that particular thing? Or what did you make of Atenea's performance and anything else? Like you can also talk about the side netting shot from Weir later on in that half.
2: Uh Yeah, well, when we discussed the lineups, I mentioned that <laughs> uh even on the paper, it looked like a very uh, offensive lineup. And besides from, you know, having two natural strikers, we also had Maite and Weir. And our two goals were by Maite and Weir. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I mean I don't I don't have uh, much to say about the goal. Um it, it was a pretty clean strike. Uh, she got there just in time and um Atenea did there well so she finally picked up that official assist, you know, because the first one wasn't an assist, but um you know, it, it is in my heart. <laughs> yeah, that sounds corny, but yeah, okay. Uh so yeah good good to see these you know patterns working out multiple times that's you know seeing that it's not just a fluke to see it working and when we're talking about Atenea I actually well I actually noticed her uh, doing doing stuff that she well stuff that she would usually do but in a more you know kind of clean manner you know in tidier sense because from the beginning like in the first few minutes uh i don't have really the minute noted down but i noticed her trying to make a pass through the center to the striker in front and i said that that's that that that's our you know very strong weapon too if you if we manage that pass through the middle like, like the one we <laughs> talked to, uh, that uh, Tera did, uh, then we can create great danger. And she tried it. Like, Athenea, I have not seen Atania trying that uh, a lot, but I have seen her trying stuff like this and uh, also from the sides going up, um, you know, not, not trying too many things, like dribbling too much so that she would use the ball. She didn't do this in the past few games. So she's been growing a lot and it's very um, it's very good to see this because she's been, uh, I think that she's been getting instructions, more clear instructions when what to do when she's uh, about to, you know, enter the box or when she's about to let the ball enter the box. And I'm, you know, it, it just you really see it on the score sheet as well you know uh, not not her scoring but sh- her picking up these assists and this is this is what makes me very happy because the first time she actually got the ball through the, like through the side with her dribbling and everything to the center of the box was you know in the last, uh, last matches like um, Uh, To Naikari, that was uh, her first time passing to the striker into the center of the box. And now her still continuing this idea. I really like it. And it shows that she's growing. She's growing as a player. And I like what Toril has been doing here because it's clear that she's been getting instructions. And yeah.
1: Yeah, so definitely like Athena's improvement in in the sort of like getting those final balls in yes sometimes it it, it is the case uh, like you can argue that Athena's final ball is missing like she gets to the byline but the final ball is always blocked or like she isn't uh, making the right choice to release it and that is something like that can be deemed frustrating but she is still young there is still room for her to grow obviously she is not a perfect player yet she can be a difference maker from various situations, but she's not a perfect player yet. She's not a finished product yet, and it's good that she is getting specific instructions. And we are trying to uh, utilize her in a way that benefits the team as well. So, so yeah, I mean, let's let's see uh, what the future holds for her. But definitely, she's one of the most important players in in the in the team right now so moving on to the second half and like there wasn't much uh to discuss in the first half i think we have covered everything moving into the second half we make a halftime substitution we bring on savava for olga in uh, at half time and savava is now deployed as the left wing back a role that we have previously discussed a lot where she is able to like showcase her quality uh a lot better where she is able to get into advanced positions a lot better where from where she can cross the ball and and do bits so yeah it was uh it was a welcome change i think like it would be good for for them for both the players involved i think uh olga can get some rest and savava can play in a position that really suits her but the second half began a bit frantic, just like the first half. It was a bit chaotic. There was uh, a lot of back and forth action. Uh, in the forty-sixth minute itself, Alaves gave us a scare. There's a shot from outside the box by Alaves, and Misa isn't able to properly collect that ball, and it's scrambled in inside the box. Ana Miren, their number seven is on to it and it seems like it will definitely be a goal because uh, Anna Miren is quick to it and uh, Misa has scrambled it so like there was go there was a goal at her for her taking there but she skies it and we survive then immediately after that we get a free kick in the in the 48th minute where uh, Teresa from the right uh, right hand touchline plays a brilliant ball towards the heart of the box and Naikari uh, jumps to meet it plays a very good header but the header hits the crossbar so in inside like two three minutes we have had both teams get good big chances where they could have potentially converted but the scoreline still remained two nil so the game was off to off to a, a sort of a chaotic start again the second half that is and this continued i feel like the, the thing I mentioned with, with uh, the way we were playing a very aggressive line with our defense, I think that showed as well because they were uh, ma- trying to get in behind. They were trying to play the long ball over the top to uh, exploit the space because at times, uh, Ivana would like push up really, really high. Like they would be beyond the half line, around the 60 meter marks from our goal. And that was like really... Uh, it was something that needed to be done because we were trying to suffocate them. We were trying to keep them in their own half and stuff. So it was needed that we have our backline pu- uh, push along with, with the other players because otherwise there would be space to exploit in the middle between the midfielders and and the defence. So it was needed. But that left space as well and they could play a long ball over the top and that is how some of the chances in the first half came about as well. And even in the second half, in the 68th minute, again there was a very good, a very good turn uh, in the build-up. Like it was, uh, it was from a break. Garazi pick up the ball, picks up the ball. Then number 12, she carries it forward a little bit, then turns and beats two of our players and then plays a long ball in behind for Ana Miren. Now Miren is almost in a one v one situation, uh, but it's called offside. But yeah, that was something that. Uh, kept happening where they would like pick up the ball from the middle of the field and they will play a long ball in behind from a, uh, to exploit the space be- uh, that is left behind our wide centre-backs pushing up. So, yeah, that was something that, uh, that happened. But as soon as this action happened in the 68th minute, the very next minute, Esther scores Real Madrid's third goal. In the 61st minute, again, it comes from a similar pattern of play. Esther picks up the ball slides the ball through for Athena on the right continues to make her run Athena carries the ball inside the box to the touchline to the byline and plays a cutback Esther continuing her run into the box meets the ball and puts it away it's Real Madrid 3 and Alaves 0 and that is probably like game over for uh, for Alaves I would like to think And it's, again, like the same thing that we have been mentioning time and time again. The overarching theme of Atenea being involved and and Real Madrid trying to utilize their right flank a lot more uh, in this way to create chances for themselves this game. That continues to happen. That goal was started by Esther and finished by Esther, so Esther gets her goal as well. She continues to uh, get goals, uh, important goals, and continue to up her tally for the season. So yeah, those were the opening fifteen minutes where a lot of back and forth action took place. I'll hand it over to you now and take your thoughts about what you thought of the opening fifteen minutes. Did you think they were frantic? Did you what? What did you make of it? And what did you make of the sub as well? Uh,
2: well, about the sub, uh, you know, I, I didn't think there would be a sub. Uh, it was very expected that um there would be a halftime sub. I mean. Not, not just because the, we were 2-0 up, but, you know, yeah, the team was chaotic, but, I mean, I, I don't know, what what are you going to expect when you say, oh, Real Madrid is playing a team that is in relegation zone. So, you're definitely not going to say, oh, they're going to play great, you know, because even the last time we played LFS, uh we won 7-1, but... That's not all to it. We were losing 1 0 half, at halftime. So all seven goals were scored in the second half. So we struggled a lot for 45 minutes. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I it's just weird. I didn't expect this sub. Uh, sure, I, I mean, Olga, Olga wasn't really doing anything notable. I agree. She had. She tried two long shots i think that's that's i think about it from what she did that's you know um direct and but yeah she had a couple of good ups with naikari on the left flank uh, but aside from that yeah i mean i don't agree or disagree with the sub honestly uh when i saw sveve coming on uh, <laughs> uh i got kind of used to it that um it would be for a striker, so I was just expecting, oh, it's gonna be a Stead or Naikari out, you know, it's just same old, same old, but actually, it was a position for position, so, yeah, but it didn't make sense to change formation anyway, so, um, yeah, (laughs) it's just me getting used to it, and about what I said about, you know, the game being messy and the team, you know, um, naturally in being messy i also want to add on to this uh thing which happened in 46 minutes with Anne Miren and um well misa not catching it well you know she just dropped it in front of Anne Miren, and luckily um nothing came out of it uh so i mean misa made cup co- quite a few mistakes you know a couple of um, weird ones not really um not really like Misa, you know, <laughs> especially with the, her sweeper keeper mom moments, which she does, and she does, uh, she did a few of these in this game. But yeah, I just wanted to say, I mean, this wasn't her. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't a good game by her. But also, everyone made mistakes in this game, and I think, um, I think that, um, they were led to ma- to do these mistakes, and they like everyone. I think, if I thought about it, I could uh, list. A- at least one mistake per uh every player that was that stepped uh, her foot on the pitch and you know this is this is a game where you could make mistakes and i mean we were 2-0 already and half at half time so uh but about the sub later on <laughs> when i just because the squad list for the next game is already out at the time we're recording this and we see that Olga is not in it so it might, something might have happened in the first half with Olga and we don't know that maybe an knock or something but yeah, just adding on to that uh, but yeah, there was also one thing in 59th minute uh, which you didn't mention I forgot who sent it in Maybe it was a step from the side. I'm not sure, but Sveva was in front of the goal, uh, in front of Alavess's goal, <laughs> and she almost latched out to the, uh, onto the ball. But you know the def- their defender, uh, got there in time and blocked it. And I think he, uh, I think Sveva freezed there for just a fraction of a second as well, because you know the ball landed right there and, um. Yeah, it it was weird, but I mean, if she, if she acted on time, it would have definitely been in. Like she was right there in front. So if she got it, it would be Spavas' uh, goal. And yeah, about the third goal, I mean, it was clean. I think um, this third goal, uh, it was quick. Well, just, I mentioned it in the past few. Uh, podcast and I'll probably keep uh, mentioning it that I love these clean actions and it all started from um from a goal kick. Uh she just Misa uh shot it into onto the uh well yeah to the halfway line it was right to the center of the pitch and basically just played through Esther to Atenea and uh Atenea to Esther again. It was a great pass by Esther to Atenea by the way so um, and she got a goal she deserved she was also uh, doing a lot in the game as well She made a few crosses earlier on as well uh, not very good ones But you know she was trying so she was doing a lot and yeah, the added goal um, That goal was came as a reward
1: Okay, so following that goal in the 61st minute we make two more changes in the 65th minute Athena and Caroline wear come off, and Lucia and Sandy Toletti are on. And I feel like it's good. I, I would have liked to see a lot more of Lucia, but in a back three, if it's not if it's not something, uh, if it's not in a wing back position, she's not going to start as a right centre back so it's it's a tricky position but when we play back four I would like to see a lot more of Lucia I've said that before multiple times the opportunities and the minutes for Lucia have been very restricted uh, which are hindering with her progress I would say but yeah I mean that is something that is something that is out of our hands it's it's up to the manager to decide who plays and who does not so, so yeah I mean that is out of our control and beyond that like I think the only significant action that happens from that point on until uh, the 80th minute mark is <laughs> it's a big, it's a big event. Obviously it's, it's Alavés scoring a goal and this is where it comes uh, handy. What I mentioned earlier about their interesting corner routine. So this time around, Alavés get a corner in the 79th minute and doing things differently in the way like they did on the first one in the in the one that we discussed in the first half where they crowded the space uh, at the far post and the uh, and between the end of the six yard box. This time they were crowding the near post and there were players making peeling runs and the delivery was also targeted towards the near post so there was chaos at near post and there were players that were ready to attack the ball so they went on to attack and one of them managed to glance put a glancing header and it was in at first like when i saw the goal live i thought it was an olimpico but then there was a slight touch uh that i noticed on the on the replay and with the celebration i noticed that it is probably not an uh not an olimpico but uh somebody got a touch and it was a glancing header good header but the peeling movement there by, by, the, by the players of, uh, of the opposition was really good and it made it even difficult for us who are not great at keeping track of this to uh, try and ca- come up with something and try to keep them, uh, try to keep track of them. So, so yeah, another goal that we have conceded that has come from the corner not surprised at at this point anymore there needs to be work done we have said that but alaves were also smart with the way they with the way they utilize these uh, set pieces then in the 80th minute we make uh, a substitution we bring on molaire for esther and i think it is a good time to like discuss the performance of both of our strikers and, and the front three i would include wear in it as well so the thing with the back three when whenever we play this is that we can have one of the strikers like drift wide to provide support in the wide areas. We can have one of them drop deep, really deep and provide a passing option when trying to progress the ball. If if we are being out, outmatched there or anything of that sort, we are lacking options in midfield and being outnumbered in midfield, one of them can drop off. They can act like a wall in order to play a quick one-two with them with their back to goals and while still having another player as a potential target inside the box and ready to make that sort of run inside the box. So it, that is what it is like. It is, uh, playing a back three in, uh, uh, always brings a lot of positives, a lot of ways in which we can hurt the opposition. And that is, uh, always a good thing, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll hand it over to you and like, take your thoughts on everything basically from Alave's goal to our substitutions to anything else you have to add until the 80th minute mark and even you can take us forward from there because I don't think like there is much that happened in this game every small nuance I think that I was able to notice I have mentioned it so yeah just take it away from here and uh, express your thoughts on everything that has happened so far and everything that happens towards the end of the game as well I guess
2: uh the The goal was definitely not surprising. Uh, you said it, and we'll probably keep on saying it because uh well, until it gets fixed, and I hope it will be soon uh but aside from the corners uh I also noticed us being terrible in froence again um and I mean our own fro um have been complaining about it and then i have actually complimented our throw-ins for the past i don't know two or three matches and i said okay let's see how this develops but you know this game proved to me that it did not develop uh still throw very bad very bad uh but yeah i mean <laughs> that goal was replayed like three times and I still couldn't see who was the one who touched it like I could not it, it, it's not it wasn't a problem in identifying the number on the back it was a problem in identifying who touched it last so it's a weird goal uh but yeah it's the, the thing you mentioned in the early corner in the first half they did it again and they actually succeeded uh we haven't we haven't learned from the first corner, uh, and then we conceded, so no clean sheet. Um, yeah, uh, what what a shame. <laughs> but yeah, it is what it is. I just I just really hope um, this corner situation gets better soon. Because as soon as you think it gets better, the next game you see that it didn't get better. So the same with throwings. Just gonna see that. And, yeah, so moving on from, you know, those two things, <laughs> Pro-ins and Corners. Um, yeah, so we mentioned the, our two strikers, and we said that how it was something to look forward to, to see how Esther and Aykari, uh will perform together again after starting uh, for the first time since last season. I I th- I think I think this game reminded us why they don't start together or why they don't play together much because usually it would be on you know, like 10 to 15 minutes maximum um, when one gets subbed on and they play together for a little while until the other one gets subbed off again and stuff and so, the thing is, uh, we, you know, everyone, like, we have mentioned that everyone has mentioned uh, Naikari's growth this season, and I think that came from her uh, not playing with a natural striker, because she's usually playing uh, alone, you know. she Yeah, sure, with uh, Weir, but, you know, Weir is not a striker. <laughs> uh, so, I'm saying, like, someone like Esther or Mila, so she hasn't played it and um, Esther hasn't either, uh, even though I still don't count Fella in there as one well, either. And yeah, so you said, you know, one, one of the strikers uh, would get that deeper and wider role and one would be kind of a box striker, right? And the problem is that they both like to um run around. <laughs> you know, they both love to um go deep and go wide and they both have their um own things that they do when they do that you know the they do it a bit differently and so that's a problem when you put both of them together right because one has to stay there and one has to be like the box striker right and uh no matter- no matter which uh, which one gets one roll and the other gets the other role, it- it's it's always gonna look bad on one side, so that's not <laughs> weird um Estet did great in the game there she uh yeah like I said she tried a few crosses uh, which none of them ended well actually but yeah <laughs> Who cares? She did great side passes and she gave that ball to Atanea to for to let her assist. Uh to let her assist her in the fir- third goal. So yeah, just tells you a lot about Testa's performance. Um and about Naikari, uh Well she was a box striker, so that was a problem. Uh she's not a box striker. Um and yeah, she had a few chances i mean you mentioned that header attempt uh from a free kick and landed uh you know bounced off the crossbar bad luck <laughs> but uh you said to well, i can drag this to the end so i'm just gonna mention it a bit you know not really <laughs> in order but sure uh, in in ninety-first minute she takes a long shot. Naikaria like, likes takes a long shot instead of like passing it to Sveve on the side. Uh that's just the last minute attempt, I think, just um Yeah, she could have passed it if she wanted the real chance, but just went, went over just wide uh, went just wide. So um yeah, I mean it happens when they play together, you know, one stands out and one kind of drowns, you know, in the shadow. So it's also if the roles were reversed, it would be the same. So the, I I think this is why they don't start together anymore. Uh, but it was uh, interesting to be reminded of it. <laughs> it was interesting to be reminded of it because um, when they do play together, it's usually in the uh, some big games for like 10, 15 minutes, like I mentioned. And they're usually very careful in what they do. So, you know, uh, it's not this situation what I just said, that one is being drowned uh, because they're both being careful and, you know, they're playing for a little while anyway. Uh, and, you know, Mila are coming on uh, in the 80th man for Esther. Uh, well, I just want to note a few things about Mila here because, uh, you know, she got 10 minutes, um and you can't really usually see much from it. But I saw her associating really well. Uh, she was mostly on the left flank. And, uh, you know, she was covering it well. I, I saw I saw her associating well <laughs> with the midfield. Uh, or wanting to, actually. But yeah, you know, I noted down one interesting thing. Like, in 83rd minute... Uh, she was on the left flank, like right on the side, and she passed it into the middle, like that middle, uh, where Toletti was. So that that pass, with by the speed and trajectory, was intended for Toletti, and it would have come to Toletti. But Toletti just kind of swooshes it aside and lets it pass to maite who was right behind, um, Toletti there. Uh it the ball doesn't arrive to Maite because it's you know not uh, fast enough so it gets intercepted on uh, on its way to Maite. But you know, Toleti hasn't played since last year's and Mila doesn't play much. Uh so I can see the confusion between the two. <laughs> um but yeah aside from this <laughs> i don't know i don't really have any complaints uh it's not really a complaint to um milai either i saw the intention and she did well so she also saved a few uh balls from the froin honestly as yes. many balls saved from the froins the better for the universe i don't like seeing those froins <laughs> and in 89th minute uh actually this this is a This is a funny thing that I noted, but I also want to uh, say something about it. In the 99th minute, I saw the ball hitting the bus, our bus, that was, well, you could see it, you know, on the TV, you could see it, it was behind um, our goal, our goal that was in the second half, and... It actually happened because uh, number their number, number 11 was about to take a cross and Sveva uh, blocked it. Uh, it was a pretty neat tackle as well, so that's what I wanted to talk about. Um, but yeah, uh, the ball hit the, bu- <laughs> hit the bus because I was watching it with my friends then and they mentioned, oh, how funny it would be if the ball hit the bus and then it did it. So yeah, uh, you're welcome for mentioning this. Um. There's one more detail uh, in 92nd or 91st minute, 92nd I think, Claudia Florentino comes in for Ivana, do I do I get that, do I get the substitution, uh, not really, I mean you don't have to really waste time, um, but sure I think that's just to give Florentino caps maybe, um, It was like a minute or two that she stayed on the pitch. Um, So, yeah, we got a Florentino cameo, I guess. And yeah, there was one more thing. uh, The very last minute, 93rd minute. So, Sveve comes in from the left side, uh, enters the LFS box. And just there passes to Toletti, who was right on the side of the, well, nearest post uh, she shoots it and she hits the post The po- uh, that ball bounces off the post to their well to their defender who was I think well who had Mila just in front of her so if it didn't bounce off the defender uh, Mila would have got it so uh, but the ball just touched the defender and the goalkeeper was uh, able to catch the ball just on the goal line Yeah I mean that's pretty much the end of the game and yeah you can take your further thoughts on uh, I think he on this last minute chance as well because I know you have it in your notes as well if you have something to say and or not maybe we can move on.
1: Yeah so I don't really have anything particular to add you I think you have covered every uh, event that happened beyond that point. Just ninety plus in the ninety plus third minute, like Tolete hits the post and everything. Like I think nothing like very interesting happens. That I didn't notice the fact that it hit our bus and stuff. So that was really uh, funny for me. But yeah, apart from that, I don't have anything else to add. I think that should probably conclude this pod. It wasn't a very interesting game. It was a pretty straightforward win for us. We did not manage to keep the clean sheet thanks to our deficiencies in defending corners and set pieces. But yeah, it is what it is. Next up, we face Athletic Club. Big game. And uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the decision for the Copa de la Arena is out. And Barcelona are officially, I think, out of the tournament. Uh, am I Am I wrong in saying that?
2: Uh, Barcelona and Sevilla are out of Copa del Arena officially and the draw for the next round is on February 3rd and instead of Sevilla and Barcelona it's Osasuna and Villarreal
1: so yeah a very realistic shot at a at a trophy now that we have we don't have Champions League coming up we don't have anything else in the league uh, we have to just make sure we try to finish in in the second position and apart from that, like, we have a realistic shot at a trophy now. That should be all our focus to get our first big trophy as as Real Madrid. We will see what happens. We will see who we draw, first of all, uh, when the draw happens on February the 3rd. But, yeah, apart from that, nothing else to add. We'll be back again to break down uh, Athletic Club, the, the Athletic Club game. And... Sorry for the delay in this one. It will probably be going out uh, just before maybe when the game is about to kick off. Uh, so sorry for that. But yeah, until next time, Ala Madrid.
2: Ala Madrid. Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: It is Ryan here,
0: and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?